What's going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and I'm stoked to be collaborating with Rotoballer again in 2021 with the Bases Loaded Podcast continuing as part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Bases Loaded Podcast listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code BASESLOADED. That's bases loaded, all one word. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of the Rotoballer draft kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 2021 player outlooks, and all of this fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code bases loaded. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. Bases loaded and one out. Oh Our my God! Right deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode one fifty. That's one five zero of the bases loaded fantasy baseball podcast. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland tonight. We have George, we have Zach, and we have Zach's phone going off in the background. You can follow these guys on Twitter. George is at Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Brafsy. George, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? One more day. One more day before we get real baseball. Spring training is over. I'm so excited. Dude, I'm battling a sinus infection. I'm feeling like a little (laughs) cruddy, so I apologize if I sound... You know what? It might slow me down for the first time in a long time on this podcast. <laughs> Zach, now that you've answered your text message and probably turned down the volume, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Sorry about that. I've just <laughs> uh, got my notifications on, just waiting uh, for some Francisco Lindor news any minute. That's not coming. Hopefully. It's not tonight. coming. It's not <laughs> going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen before Thursday. Do you it think so? Happen. Do you really think so, honestly? I do I do think so. I think Cohen's going to do what it takes. <sighs> I think he's playing a little hardball right now, but I think in the end it happens. Uh, I think he's not going to get this type of money on the open market next year. So. <sighs> I don't know. I, I just what, what, what happens next year is a whole other discussion, I guess. But enough of that. We are here to talk. We, I mean, what first weekend of Fabran. We're going to discuss some of our big guys that we've had pretty much targeted all through draft season, why we like them, planting our flag, so to speak. And then we're going to give a few names of guys that like recently, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I've added some deeper names to my, you know, shallower teams even. So guys that maybe you want to consider putting on your watch list, adding if you have a deep enough 12 teamer, and maybe we'll throw a couple of those like dart throws at the very end, but that's going to do it in terms of what we're covering. I'm over here like about to end the show before we get started <laughs> though. If you wouldn't mind a five-star rating review goes a long way. It truly helps, I guess, the overall rating of the podcast, how it's viewed on iTunes and all that good stuff. So five stars is greatly appreciated, and we thank you for your time in giving us that. Obviously, we hope you feel that way as well. Anyway, so we're each going to give three names in terms of guys that pretty much are guys. George, you want to start us off? Sure, yeah. I'll go ahead and uh, get us started here. So my first guy, I was pretty much drafting universally uh, in the second round, like back in the second, early third, and that's Brandon Woodruff. Um, I recently came out with a piece over on uh, NBC, uh, starting pitcher outlier, uh, where I basically had to defend him as my uh, SP six. I had him highest in my rankings there and I am all in all in on Brandon Woodruff, uh, 3.05 ERA last year, 0.99 whip, uh, 91 strikeouts in 73 and two thirds innings. Uh, I, I think he's just got the total package, man. Everything that you like to see from a starting pitcher from uh, elite control, uh, all the strikeout upside in the world and uh, good ground ball rate and and uh, contact suppression. I mean, and it all starts with that fastball. I mean, 17 and uh, 17.5% swinging strike rate on that fastball. And then he's also got the slider and the changeup. I love that uh, the Brewers added two gold glove uh, guys out there in the defense with Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, so I, I think, um, yeah, I think Brandon Woodruff, he's got uh, Cy Young potential. I think he can, uh, definitely win a Cy Young out there, and I have him as my SP6. I'm all in. Woodruff was the guy I was all about in 2020, so 2021, I'm not going to back off him. I actually have no problem taking him, even jumping him a little bit in ADP. ADP. I was a guy that definitely favored him over Flaherty, 
I fl- I favored him over Gallon prior to the injury. So that's like obviously now it's <laughs> like oh well, we all should favor him over Gallon now. Um, there's just uh, Woodruff's a guy that I've never been afraid to take as my SP two in deeper formats or even in fallback SP one type. So I'm with you on Woodruff, but Zach, do I even want to know? Is there a non-met on your on your uh, choice here? Yeah, I'm ask. curious to know. <laughs> There's a few non-mets, but let's just let's just get it out of the way. Just boo this man right away. Boo this man! <laughs> oh God, throwing shit at me. Um, but yeah, just uh, he's a met. He seems to be on. A ton of my teams. It's I've talked about him before. It's Jeff McNeil. I know you guys just are not huge Jeff McNeil supporters. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> wow, that was a really high pitched voice. Um, but Jeff McNeil, he's going inside the top 100. He's been about 93 um, ADP in March. And like I've said before, I mean, I'm just going to keep it quick here because I've talked about McNeil way too much on this podcast. He's you've been he's on not, like once in a month, and you only you talk about nah, McNeil on every episode. Bull- <laughs> <you're> on. <laughs> it's it's true, sad but true. Um, so no content one thing, is evergreen for you at this point. The one thing that's different about McNeil is I really was harping that he was going to bet more towards the top of the lineup, but it seems like they kind of settled in to Lindor in the two-hole, Nimmo leading off. So McNeil's probably going to be a little bit further down, maybe more like five or six. He's been a lot in your spring training takeaways there, Mike. Um, But it does seem like if Nimmo is benched against lefties, which could happen more often than not, I think you see McNeil maybe more towards the top, whether it be leadoff or in the two-hole, vice versa with with Lindor. So I think McNeil is going to have – a ton of opportunities to knock in runs. I think he's going to score a bunch of runs. And like I said, I think he's a 20 home run bat. I think he's going to give you double digit steals. I think he can give you a floor of 10 steals. And I think this is a great player within the top 100. Obviously most of you have already drafted already, but yeah, just the flexibility that he gives you to move him around on your team. I love that as well. So I think McNeil will contribute all around and I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll be uh, too upset with the production. I'll give you. You said I'm going to give some pushback because that's what I do. But you said a floor of ten steals. He's never had a season of double digit steals as a major leaguer, so you can't say he's going to give you a floor of that when he's never done it. But McNeil has had seven and sixty three games in 2018, five, but that was 133 games in 2019, and then yeah. zero last year. So he's trending the wrong direction for stolen bases. Batting sixth already puts him behind the in terms of the opportunities for some bases because he's not going to be getting as many at-bats, not be getting on base as much because less at-bats overall. I'm just pushing back because I don't see the stone bases there. I just don't buy into his price tag that you do. So we're going to have to come up with a bet in short order. Yeah, I got better, I just It's about another jersey. I still need the first one. I know you do. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we still we also haven't seen a full season from McNeil. I mean, he's played played 133 games in 2019. Obviously, shortened year in 2020. He was called up midway 2018. So I still think we're waiting to see the best from Jeff McNeil. He's bulked up a ton, which actually could affect his stolen base a little bit. I think it'll help his power, but he looks jacked in spring. And he's he said that he likes to get swole up, swolled up for uh for spring training, and then he kind of slims down a little bit during the season but uh he just he looks jacked he had a rough spring training but i really i'm not going to put too much into those numbers but i think he could easily give you 10 bags wouldn't expect a ton more but i think it's doable gotcha i'll let you i'll let you now that that's have your system i would like to hear your next guy but before you go real quick one of my first guys here aaron savale shocker he i have him on every single one of my nfbc rosters he's a guy literally 100% rostered on nfbc formats and outside of nfbc i still have him on pretty much all my home leagues he's transitioning to a split change from a change up at least that's been that was early reports he has already like the, the he has the pitch mix i think it's a four pitch mix he's able to locate very well command and control is his thing and Savali's just a guy that i love control and command guys I love this. I love the Indians in terms of what they do with pitching and how they produce pitching and how they and how they coach them up. I think I was a year early on Savale, so what I'm doing is essentially doubling down, and I'm doubling down in the right way by having him on every roster. So I will sink and swim with this decision. But Savale is very much a guy I believe in, and I'm all about this year. So which one of you want to fight me on Savale? Does anybody have anything to say about him? And it's hard to argue. My thing is, is I think Savale is an SP three with SP five price tag. Like if Savale finishes. For 12 teamers, a top what 36 
pitcher. Nobody would really be mm-hmm. all that surprised. I wouldn't be. No. And no, I, I'm with you. I like Savale. And you're getting Savale as an SP5 in most drafts or later if it's a shallower format. So he's a guy that I'm all about and I'm getting everywhere I can. Yeah. I've actually really tried to get Savale in pretty much every draft. And I think somebody just always gets to him right before me. So I'm a little bummed that I don't have the the, the amount of shares that you do. But I I agree. All all of them. (laughs) All of them. Uh, But no, I mean, if there's one situation to just love the starting rotation, I mean, it's Cleveland. I mean, we've seen what they've done in years past. Um, There's a few guys on that in that rotation who we're going to I'm probably going to talk about one in a little bit here, but um, I just really love what they bring to the table. Uh, the pitching staff over there, the coaching staff, they just know what to do with those guys and develop them. So I definitely think we could see a breakout year from Savale and maybe some of the other Indian, uh, not Indian, excuse me, the Cleveland pitchers. I called well. them Indians too. I know it's the <laughs> Cleveland baseball team right now. It's hard to adjust. You know, you've been calling them like this has been their team name for years. Yeah. It's no disrespect. We'll, we'll get better with it. Just like anything else. Like I'm just now transitioning from calling leagues, auction leagues to salary cap. It, it's there's a transition period there with this stuff. It, I mean, mm-hmm. it comes with when you do it for so long, it just, it comes with it. So uh, Zach, while you're at it, who's your second guy that you just realized you have probably too much of, or you're just all in on. So another guy that I just have a ton of, we're, we're going to steer away. We're going to go to the American league here and get away from the NL East and my Mets. <laughs> Getting away from the sorry, getting away from the getting away from the Mets required an applause, as you were. <laughs> so uh, I found I found myself in draft season this year just really uh, waiting on first base, and I've been settling on Andrew Vaughn a ton. And this was before anything was really confirmed, and I've actually gotten really lucky in the fact that Vaughn will now be my starter in pretty much every spot because it was confirmed today uh, by the White Sox that he's going to make the ball club. And obviously the Eloy Jimenez news, um, it, it stinks for Eloyers, but it is, uh, it's definitely one of the major reasons that Vaughn made this team. He's going to see time in left field. So it'll give you some first base and outfield eligibility. And I mean, it's just a, it's just a great situation. It's a great lineup to be hitting in. Um, I mean, Vaughn was going in February. He was going probably closer to, to 300 range in March. He's all the way up to 220 right now. Um, I think I saw he was like 120 was a min pick. I mean, I was going to say what's people are starting there? to reach. People are starting to reach on him, and as they should, especially once things got more uh, were more concrete that he was going to make the team here. But um, I mean, first base was really deep this year. I mean, I, there's probably like 20 guys that I would have been completely comfortable with, but waiting on a guy like Vaughn just gave you the so much roster flexibility early on and wouldn't instead of passing on guys like Abreu, Alonzo, Goldschmidt. Uh, I like all those guys, but I just love the value late on Andrew Vaughn. So love the flexibility he'll give you with first base and outfield, which he should pick up sooner than later here. And I think he's probably a, a front runner for, for rookie of the year. I know a lot of people like Kalenic, but who knows when he's actually going to get called up with, with Seattle. So um, I think Andrew Vaughn is going to have a great season. Um, did well in spring training. I mean, a uh, couple home runs, about a 271, 377 OBP. I mean, you expect him to get on base quite a bit, 834 OPS. I mean, he looked good, and I think with some more consistent at-bats, um, I think he's going to have a great year. So uh, I'm really excited to see Andrew Vaughn this year. I like that I, call. I have uh, a Vaughn everywhere too. <laughs> yeah, I, I happen. I, we were talking about him a little bit off air, like just when we were figuring out how we want to do the show tonight. And I'm like, yeah, I have Andrew Vaughn in all my home leagues when I could get him – Dirt cheap because it was a 12 team league and in auction formats. So sorry again, salary cap formats. I apologize. He was going for like a few bucks because he was late. You know, he's he's kind of hiding in the ADP ranks on other formats. But then NFBC, I have zero. I just never ended up with him. Somebody always gone before me. It is what it is. Yeah. At least I have at least I have exposure, though. You know, I'm, I'm just happy to be to be exposed to Andrew Vaughn. But George, yeah, I was getting him uh, everywhere. I have I did eight. DC no six DCs. I have them in four. There you go. Them, so so he yeah. could have very well made your list tonight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he did not. So who did? <laughs> he did not. So my number two guy, who I actually is my most rostered player on NFBC, and that is Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman, <laughs> you love uh, third baseman. I he was essentially automatic for me in the eighth round. Once I got into the eighth round, that you know one fifteen range. Um, that was the sweet spot for Matt Chapman. And um, yeah, I mean, last year, uh, pretty underwhelming, right? To uh, hit 232, but the power was there, 10 home runs. And 
really, I just I, I think it was that hip that affected him. He did hit 260 with nine of those home runs in August, so got off to a blistering start, and then really it was it was that hip um, that slowed him down and eventually ended his season. So. Um, I mean, he's come back and looked really strong this spring, uh, you know, walking more than he struck out. Um, you look at the uh, stat cast numbers and, I mean, exit velocity, nine, 99th percentile, hard hit rate, 95th percentile, barrel rate, 98th percentile, 18%. I mean, Matt Chapman, and before last year, uh, I mean, his like contact rates were like, you know, right around league average. So I, I think this is a guy who has 40 home run upside who can hit, you know, 260. Again, you know, he can keep that that pace up and, and hit 40 home runs. Uh, I think we're looking, I mean, and with his defense, you know, he's going to play every day. And I think you're looking at an MVP contender this year with uh, Matt Chapman. Man, Matt Chapman's a guy that we saw the power kind of coming in last year, but also there was some added swing and miss. How much that was an issue with injuries to be determined at this point. But I'm not really out on him. I just always felt like his skill set was easy to come by. Maybe I'm underappreciating how much power there just could be there. Matt Chapman, and that's why I don't have any shares of Matt Chapman. In case anybody didn't realize, we're talking about Matt Chapman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the next guy on my list, the guy I have t- a ton of, and he's crushing it in spring, making me feel really good about this, is Hunter Dozier of the Kansas City Royals. Yes, a Kansas City Royal is on a lot of my rosters, but Hunter Dozier is a guy in spring right now, take for what it's worth, but he's five home runs, batting 289 with a 373 OBP and a 1.106 OPS. That is just great. And what the reason why I looked at spring training stats so much, I was like, all right, he struggled in 2020. What happened to Dozier in 2020? Well, he had he got COVID. <laughs> like, that kind of threw off his whole game. He didn't have the best spring. But then if you look at 2019 spring training stats, he had a big spring as well, four home runs with a similar slash line. And that was the year he kind of had his little breakout. So like the spring trainings are lining up. He's healthy again. He's hitting, unfortunately, towards the bottom half of the lineup, so that's going to hurt Dozier's overall potential. But he ha- he's going to have plenty of – he should have plenty of players uh, ahead of him on base when he gets up to bat. Should be able to see a bunch of pitches. And Dozier's a guy that comes with first base, third base, and outfield eligibility. Or if he doesn't have third base, he's going to gain it because he's their third baseman right now. So you're getting a guy with three, three positions of eligibility, corner infield as well. Deeper formats is why I have so many shares of him because Dozier's a guy, again, you just plug and play anywhere – and people might forget that he actually last year wanted to run more, did only still a couple of bases, but he stole four bases in 28 games and sorry, in 44 games last year. And again, this is coming back from COVID. So he had the intent to run last year. I believe Dozier's mentioned he wants to have that same intent this year. Gave a six and four last year in terms of home runs and some bases. No reason to believe he can't do that again this year in terms of a, a pace. So there is a chance for I won't I wouldn't bank on 10 stolen bases. But the chances there, I you know what you want to have a fun bet. I bet you Dozier has more stolen bases than Jeff McNeil this year, Zach. Hmm. I'm intrigued. All right, we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, well, my point is those I I do see like I said I see a path to ten stolen bases. I would say five to seven is fair to expect, not ten that other people expect from a guy who's never stolen ten before in the pros. But I digress. I I'm just in on Dozier. I just wanted to make sure someone has to give the Royals some love this year. And I'm yeah. so anti I'm so anti Mondesi that I needed to make up <laughs> for it by being in on Hunter Dozier. I, I like that call, man. I, I think he was definitely affected by COVID last year. You could uh, definitely chalk up the uh, down season to to COVID after he broke out in 2019. And the Royals actually have like a pretty decent lineup. And it's uh, weird. It has I like mean, 20 what 2015 vibes all over again. Yeah, just just wait till they add Bobby Witt, and uh, yeah, it's going to be even better. So. Lineup. I like the I like Carlos Santana call. edition too. So I mean, it's yeah. a really complete lineup from top to bottom. It's a good call. I've been targeting Dozier in a lot of drafts as well late. Um, so yeah, would anybody be sur- would anybody be surprised if it was a Kansas City Royals Mets World Series again, just oh, for God. the same uh, disappointment? for Mets fans again yeah I would be very surprised <laughs> I just want to rub it in Zach's face I, that the Mets lost we need, we need we need revenge on the Royals so I'll take it but and then, was, if, you, if you lost again if you lost again that'd be hilarious oh yeah <laughs> yeah so so funny oh, I love it I missed you buddy Speaking all right two guys whose teams have actually won titles in recent years so yes and one team that has no business being in the playoffs when they make it usually being the Marlins anyway George, who's your final guy? So my last guy, and um, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you you know that uh, 
I've been talking up this guy all off season, and that's Ian Happ. I think he's just been one of the <laughs> most uh, underrated uh, guys in drafts. Um, I mean, you look at his uh, 2019 and 2020 numbers combined over 302 plate appearances up until September 3rd. And I pointed it out um, before when he got hit in the face on uh, September 3rd by a foul ball. And um, he just, he didn't come back right after that. Uh, and and he, he even talked about how it affected him. He just couldn't really see and stuff. So you're looking at that, those numbers uh, from 2019 to 2020 up through that date, uh, 302 plate appearance, he hit 286, 365, 603, triple slash, 323 Babbitt, 24% strikeout rate, 12% walk rate, 21 home runs in those 302 plate appearances. I think he was essentially breaking out is what we've seen uh, from Ian Happ. And uh, he's pretty much continued it, uh, carried it over again now to the spring where he's hit 218 with two home runs, uh, only 22% strikeout rate uh, this spring. Uh, yeah, 10 strikeouts to eight walks. So, I mean, he's going to lead off. I think we're looking at a guy who has who had been going this uh, draft season over on uh, NFBC around pick 160. I think he can easily outproduce that by um, 100 picks, really. I mean, if he's going to be leading off all year, he could score 100 runs. He can hit 30-plus homers. He can hit 260. I think we, this is a guy who can potentially hit 260 um, and even chip in some speed. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had been all in on Ian Happ. I think he's uh, an incredible value or has has been an incredible value in the draft. So, yeah, that's that's my guy right there. Oh, we know. We were telling you that if you didn't talk about him tonight, that that would be a travesty because you are an Ian Happ guy. He is your, like, there is no George Montanez on this podcast that there's no Ian Happ being talked about. I think, I, you, I, really I think he can be, uh, he could be uh, Michael Conforto 100 picks later. I don't know how you feel about that, Zach, but yeah. <laughs> they have very similar, you look at the, their numbers uh, over the last two, two seasons since Ian Happ uh, returned from the minors, and they're pretty darn similar. Exactly. He's, he's he's looked a lot better since he's returned. I just I was big on Hap like when he came up, and obviously he struggled a little bit. So it's 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 two different versions of Hap. So this second version of Hap since the call up, he he could be. He's got good on base skills. Uh, we'll see. I don't know how I feel about him in the average department, but um, he's going to be at the top of the order. I, I like it, and I think you, George, have single handedly boosted Ian Hap's stock in the fantasy community <laughs> this entire draft season. So thank you very much. But yeah, because of you, honestly, I I, I had to take a few shares of him. So I, I got I got, I got one some, too. I've got some stock in him. I was like, <laughs> I just I got to make George happy here, so I had to do it. George, I I, right. I I I was in on Hap already, and then seeing how much you were in on him made me is like, you know what? I got to get a couple shares as well. So I made sure to get one in FPC format, and I got one in the Yahoo League because in Yahoo he has second base eligibility, second and third. Yeah, so I don't even care about third base. <laughs> I'm eligible base. at second base in Yahoo this year. Everybody's all over the place there. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is kind of funny. I I love Yahoo. They're super liberal with that stuff. All right. Finish us off here, Zach, with your third guy. All right, so I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. This is like a, sure. a 3A, 3B type of situation oh, here. Oh, goodness. You couldn't but, follow the rules. Nope, I'm not a rule follower, especially when you try to tell me rules. I don't listen. Um, but I, I don't typically talk about closers, but there's two two guys that I have a ton of shares of this year, and it's Jordan Romano and Anthony Bass. Jordan Romano, I was grabbing even before this Kirby Yates injury. I just... Did not have a good feeling about Kirby Yates staying healthy and coming off of his injury last year, and we all know how that ended. Tommy Johnson was out for the year. They haven't officially named a closer, per se, but um, I think it's definitely going to be Romano here. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that Rafael Dolis is actually recovering from an injury as well, so they're going to ease him along. So early on, Romano is going to get the first shot, and I just don't think he's going to let go of it. But he's looked great this this spring in five and two-thirds. He's got 13 strikeouts, two walks. He really came on last year with a uh, with a 36% strikeout rate in 2020. I really love what he brings to the table. And Anthony Bass, um, I'm not really overly concerned about Yimi Garcia. Um, I don't think he's going to eat into his – his opportunity at the back end of that pen bass. He, he induces a ton of ground balls, not a lot of homers, which is great for that ballpark in Miami, which was renamed today. Very odd name. I don't even remember what it was, but something alone. It was really weird. It'll still it always be Marlon's part, but yes, um, bass is, 
got a really nasty slider as well. It's had had its highest swinging strike rate last year at almost 24%. So I think Anthony Bass is a great value. He was going at about like 225 ADP. And Jordan Romano, since the Kirby 8's injury, has been going about 171, taking as high as 93rd. I could see Jordan Romano being a top 10 closer this year, if not even better than that. Uh, just He's got lights out stuff, and it's just a great situation. That team is really going to make some noise this year. They're going to score a ton of runs, and I think he's going to be there to close it out. So Romano and Bass, two closers I really like. If they still happen to be available, I think they're about like 70% owned, give or take, in Yahoo League. So if they're still out there on your waiver wire, I would definitely scoop them up ASAP. But um, yeah. Love those two guys at the back end. And we've been hyping up closers this year, like going early with closers in some of our drafts. We've really liked Hader and Hendricks. And I love those guys, but the next tier, it's just it's I have not, so many Hendricks shares. Yeah, it's a crapshoot this year after that top tier. It really is. And I think yeah. these guys at that lower tier, um, I mean, Romano has kind of raised up a little bit since the injury for Yates, but I just think they're very safe options late. So. Yeah, I really, really like, uh, really like Romano. Now, I, I don't think Charlie Montoyo has uh, officially named him the closer, but I mean, he essentially won that job last year, and I think he's going to run away with it again. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to count in the main events since March 1st where he's gone. He's the 64th pitcher overall off the board. That probably puts him around what the 10 to 15 range in terms of relief pitchers off the board. So yeah, where you're valuing him right now, Zach, is roughly where you have to take him. Yeah. He's been at least in these again these high these big money drafts towards the end here. Well, I mean, I think, one last oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I mean, guys like James Karinchek, uh, nope. just nobody knows. I mean, he was going inside the top 100. Nobody knows what the heck they're gonna do with that situation in Cleveland. I mean, after the obvious guys of Hader, Hendricks, Diaz, Chapman. I mean, it's just such a crapshoot. Just. I really think Romano could be top 10, if not maybe even, dare I say, a top five closer. I don't know. <laughs> Insert anybody who's getting saves, and they can be a top five closer in today's day and age because <laughs> it true. is ridiculous. Between injuries and between just the way managers uh, rock their bullpens these days, like who knows, man? It's like right now in football, it's running backs. In baseball, it's closers and catchers even. It feels like catchers don't even play full time anymore. Or even close to it, it seems like it's a mess, man. Platoons, and you have the Rays, and everyone wants to be the Rays, so everyone's platooning everybody. The Giants are kind of like that now. It's like the Giants are a poor man's Rays. Sorry, George, but no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Side note: I heard something on MLB radio, Network Radio this morning. They were doing—I don't know if it was a bracket or just polls of the best fan bases in in uh, in baseball—and the top one or in the finals was the Tampa Bay Rays fan base like, they have like that, five fans how, not how is that even possible yancy yancy eaton somehow voted for like a million was, people yeah. he single-handedly put the rays number one there yeah. yeah i don't know the rays like it's weird just like the marlins though when you find a fan of that team they're usually a real fan of that team though at least you know what i mean there's no bandwagon fans for those teams usually until they make the playoffs then they all come out of nowhere just like miami heat just like any other team in miami dude Miami just so now we're going off a of tangent time. I haven't done tangent time in a while because I've been recording by myself. But where's your tangent any, time button? Yeah, I don't. I haven't made it yet. And tangent time. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll, I'll cut this and make it that. That's thank you. You just made it for us. All right. <laughs> um, you think I'm joking? All right. But anyway, I'm back to it. tangent time real quick. Miami Miami teams in general are known Trash. for being bad. Yes, exactly. They're known for being bad. But when things are going good, apparently we have a bunch of fans that come out of nowhere supporting the team, going to games. Suddenly, like it's like it drives me crazy. It's an, ex- like, it's an excuse for them to get drunk at the games. I think that's, that's all it is because I mean that's there's a reason why Florida man exists. Like the whole meme <laughs> thing is real because we just don't know how to handle ourselves. All right, so my final guy here, guy <laughs> I've, I've spoken about quite a few, quite a bit, is uh, Yoan Moncada. And he's just another guy. I know George likes him, so this makes me feel good knowing George likes him as well. But like I'm, I'm so I'm so high on Mankata that maybe I'm just high. But Mankata's a guy that <laughs> I've even been taking over Catel Marte. And you guys know for me to say that really means I like him because Catel Marte is a guy I really like. I just couldn't pass up on your Mankata. I just, I mean, he he's back to himself in spring. He's, he has a home run and a stolen base, hitting 302 with a 413 OBP and a 941 OPS. He's going to be hitting cleanup, it looks like, in that lineup, too. Like, they've pretty much trended it out that way. 
The two spots going to be either. I think it's going to be a mix of Eaton and Robert, depending on depending on uh, lefty or righty matchup, is what I'm seeing and thinking so far. But besides that, you have Tim Anderson leading off, Abreu batting third, Moncada batting fourth, and Grandal batting fifth. And I love that for Moncada because Moncada not only has the plate, not only does he have the, the protection on both ends in terms of before ahead of him and behind him, but I think he's just going to bounce back. Another guy that coming off a great year in 2019 got COVID, never was the same. He's come out with a strong spring and makes it's very encouraging to see. I there's a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. I mean, having a stolen base in spring matters because it shows that not only is he willing to run, but the team's willing to let him run. And when a team is letting uh, allowing a player to risk injury running the bases when it doesn't count, they're probably gonna let him run the bases when it does count. So you know, Amakata is a guy that we, or at least I say we, because I know George is in on him with me. It's a guy that I'm very much in on though, and I have on a lot of my teams, if not most of them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good call. If you look at the way he was trending since his debut, essentially, contact rate was rising year over year. Hard hit rate was rising year over year. And even last year, contact rate was up. Again, the only, what was down? The hard hit rate. And, of course, he had uh, COVID. And so I think that essentially just drained you know, his physical tools. And he has spoken at length about it. And, uh, yeah, I think 2021, we're going to see a big bounce back for uh, Moncada. Yep. And... That's going to do it for our planting our flags. There's more players, but we picked three each so we can get to a little bit of waiver wire talk slash watch list talk. My three guys were Aaron Zavale, Hunter Dozier, Yon Makata. George's three guys were, were uh, Woodruff, Matt Chapman, and Ian Happ. And Zach's three guys were Jeff McNeil. Boo this man! Um, <laughs> Andrew Vaughn and Jordan Romano slash Anthony Bass because he couldn't follow the rules. All right. And if you're new to the show, we boo Zach anytime he talks about a Mets player because he is a known biased Mets fan and it affects his analysis. And he even has a second podcast that only talks about Mets to give you an idea. And yes, so we make it very abundantly clear. We don't care about his Mets takes. So we boo him every time. With that said, we can move over to the waiver wire. And uh, I'm, I'm dying right now. That was, that was well said. <laughs> And oh you said, God. and you said you weren't a good host. That was beautiful. <laughs> I, I've I've been told I, there's there's things I've been told from day one I need to work on that I still haven't stopped doing, and I just I'm trying to get better, but I just get I just don't sometimes. Okay, anyway, <laughs> back to the that? waiver wire Talk, watch list talking? stuff. Talking over people, cutting people off. Been I've done it like two times this show compared to the usual fifteen. You've so been better tonight. I, yes, it's also because I took Nyquil tonight, <laughs> so I'm a little slower. <laughs> So let's move on to the waiver wire talk. And I wasn't sure if we should call it watch list waiver wire because we know player, we know people listening and playing a whole bunch of different leagues. We just do. So I kind of cheated a little bit. Like I play in deeper 12 teamers and 15s. And guys, I've added to the end of my bench that are probably watch list for most. And wow, someone's speeding to the waiver wire right now to go, go get my guys. <laughs> Look at <right>. that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the first name on the first name. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a homer, but I went out and made sure I got Jazz Chisholm on my even my 12 teamers. And this is 12 teamers that have middle infield, five outfield spots, you know, typical roto format, but 12 teams. I put Jazz Chisholm on the end of my bench because I think there's a chance of real power and speed potential. He stole three bases in one game in spring training. He stole four overall with three home runs, I believe. That type of skill set is very valuable, and he plays second base, and he's gonna have shortstop eligibility. He's good. Chisholm is a guy that can be very valuable. And if you have the room and need to take a shot on some power and speed combination, Jazz Chisholm is very much the guy for you to go ahead and do that with. Beware. There is swing and miss in that bat. There's going to be ups and downs because he's pretty aggressive at the plate. But Jazz Chisholm honestly has the tools to be a fantasy. I'm not going to call him a star, but a fantasy asset. And right now he's what? What's his, let's look up his roster uh, percentage real quick. Uh, he is currently rostered in 11% of Yahoo leagues, so he's readily available. That's why I said throw him on your watch list because there's a lot of formats. He, like in a 10-team format, oop, I just dropped my phone. In a 12-team format, you cannot, or 10-team format, I'm sorry, you probably cannot uh, add him to your team right now. But if he, show, if he ha- starts off with a hot week, you're going to have to try to make a spot for him because that's the type of guy, again, that can make a difference. And those are the types of for- those are the types of skill sets that you look for off the waiver wire. Power and speed, he has them both. And the Marlins as a whole, because now I'm just talking about the Marlins because I love to, they've shown a willingness to let their guys run this spring. And what that tells me is a team willing to let their guys injure themselves on the base pass so that it does not matter and running aimlessly should allow the same players to run during the regular season. It's the second time I've said it on the show. 
because I strongly feel that way. And there's a reason why it's got, it's teams like the Marlins, the Rangers, the Mariners, teams that we saw aggressive on the base pass last year are following suit this year. And all three of those teams are expected to not be very competitive in their division, which means they're going to have to manufacture runs and seeing them have a willingness to run suggests that those are players that you should probably go out and target off the waiver wire if you're looking for steals. And Jazz Chisholm happens to be on one of those teams running in the spring. So that is my case for Jazz Chisholm being on your team on the back end of your bench or again on your watch list if you're in shallow formats. Love it. Where do you think he <sighs> uh where do you think he hits in the lineup? Seventh. So towards the bottom, because like they like to have Miguel Rojas at okay. eighth or ninth. So or not Rojas. Well, wrong wrong uh what's the wow, why am I blanking on his team? Not Rojas. Is it, it's not Rojas. Miguel Miguel Rojas, no? It, it is Rojas. Okay, so was I right? Why am I thinking not, not Rojas? It is Rojas. You know it what? Is. I mess I'm I'm messing up the whole um Fuentes? <laughs> no. Uh the other one the the guy from the Mar- the Diamondbacks. Oh, Josh Rojas? Josh Rojas. Josh okay, Rojas. so okay. they're both Rojas. How am I Yeah, so I was thinking I, Josh Fuentes, Josh Rojas, so, you're right. So yeah. when I when I said Rojas, I went to Josh Rojas instead of Miguel. I'm like, oh, maybe it's not the same last name. Okay, so it is. I've been looking at lineups too long. I just every Rojas <laughs> is like there's like five of them. There's a Jose Rojas on the Angels too, I believe. So there mm-hmm. you go. So, yeah, okay, my head's all over the place. Apologize for that little mix-up. Miguel Rojas, I like the bottom eighth, pitcher ninth. They've been pretty much hitting Jazz sixth or seventh all spring, usually seventh. I think it depends if Wallach, or however he says his last name, is in the lineup, Alfaro or Wallach. That, that, that will determine if Jazz moves up or down, I believe. But Jazz is pretty much secured in like a seventh spot, I'd say. Yeah, love the call. Thank you. All right, well, Zach, what's your first guy? So, first guy for me... I'm gonna go with somebody a little bit more owned here. Well, that's fine. We need to cover all the all the bases. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll get to them next. But um, 22% owned in Yahoo leagues. Colton Wong. I think he should be way higher. He's gonna be batting at the top of that order in Milwaukee. Should be playing every day. Uh, he's gonna steal you some bags. I mean, he can also hit for some pop, especially in that ballpark. He he landed in one of the best spots you could you could imagine for fantasy purposes. Um, I got a ton of shares of Colton Wong, especially TGFBI. I think I have him. It's my middle infielder. Um, love him in roto formats. And um, yeah, I mean, if he's out there, definitely keep an eye on him. We'll see how he starts this year. But um, for a utility or middle infield option, or even a late second base option. If you just decide to wait, I think Colton Wong uh, could give you some great production there. So love Colton Wong as a waiver pickup. Take a look and see if he's out there. Yeah, that's a good call, man. Uh, early, early on in draft season, I was before he signed, um, I was getting him like after pick 300, just thinking like, you know, a contender is going to want that gold glove defense. Yep. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it ended up in a ideal landing spot there in, in Milwaukee. So I like, like that call. Who's your first guy, George? Uh, my first guy, um, I'll go ahead and go with someone a little bit more rostered as well. If you're looking like at uh, 12 team leagues and such, um, you say Kikuchi. I think he's only owned at 29% on Yahoo. Uh, love Kikuchi. Almost had him as one of my guys. Uh, I've been uh, drafting him drafting him everywhere. Just love the changes he's made. I think he's ready to take that next step. Uh, went to driveline before last season and you know added some velocity, added the cutter. And, uh, yeah, just really underperformed his metrics. Like, everything under the hood just looks so much better. And uh, if he could just tame that walk rate a bit, I think uh, he's on the verge of a breakout for sure. Wasn't everybody hyping him up last year as well? And Listen, then we saw man. how that worked out. We don't need your negativity right here. With <laughs> I mean, he's trying to push back a little bit. I remember everybody was super high on him before last season and just did not. I mean, I think he started out pretty strong, but he just completely fizzled out. Yeah, I mean, he he made some changes though, some uh, legit changes. So I I think I mean I think he could definitely put it all together. And like I say, I mean, he's only twenty nine percent rostered on Yahoo, so I think he's worth it in a twelve team league, uh, even a ten team league. If you could stash him at the end of your bench, pick him up, and uh, see how he goes the first couple starts, I think it's worth it. Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. And a guy who I like a little less, but somebody I'm just getting on the back end of my roster again, just to see where it goes. And it's Casey Mize. And I think people forget that he was and probably still is one of the higher, obviously the higher prospects on the, in the Tigers uh, team. But I don't know. Do people just forget that he was a former top prospect, that he's a guy that could come out and just be a decent pitcher? Like I'm betting on prospect pedigree here, a poor division for Casey Mize. And they gave him that they, they named him a starter in that rotation. So they're going to they're going to see what they got. 
we're talking about a guy in 2019 in double a he again the the strikeout strikeouts weren't really there it was about a strikeout in inning essentially a 23.5 percent strikeout rate which isn't bad it's just nothing special and the ratios were solid a 3.2 era a fip of 2.98 and an xfip of 313 for casey mize so that's the type of thing you want to see it's like i feel like there's a high floor there or a potential for a high floor there and yeah spring wasn't the best for him that's why i'm not saying you have to go out and get him as a starter I think there's just the potential in terms of just stashing him, seeing where it goes, and then he's a quick drop. Or if he has a quick, or if he has a good start, you pull, you you go ahead and add him because Casey Mize is a guy that, again, the pedigree's there, the team context is there in terms of that division not being that strong for the most part. I, I don't know. I really just want. I, I like the idea of taking a shot on high upside guys, guys that I think that can actually be a difference maker in fantasy. And Mize, if the prospect pedigree hits, can be a difference maker, considering that he's pretty much a waiver wire. Uh, right now he's just waiver a piece of the waiver wire right now he's where he, i want to call him waiver wire asset but he's not an asset yet we, we don't know so i don't want to call him that but i just like taking my shots on guys with that have that potential and he's a guy i'm definitely watching closely to see if i should add him or drop him on teams that, that i already have him on That's about yeah it. um you know i'm actually i'm actually really in on his teammate Tarek scooball i actually think scooball could be the best pitcher on that staff i mean we saw the uh big strikeout upside last year he was striking guys out on basically just one pitch and i mean the 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 results weren't there but i mean the the strikeouts were and he added a off-speed pitch over the offseason and has had a tremendous spring so i'm, I'm actually on scooball who i think he is only 22 percent rostered um on yahoo so 21 percent booyah 21 percent okay yeah Mize is only 18 so i win um, <laughs> <laughs> that, um I one one quick guy for saves. I mean Kennedy is only fourteen percent rostered on Yahoo. I just looked him up. He wasn't even a guy on this list. But I just want to point out the fact that he could very well be the guy for Texas. Texas not being a great team, but they purchased his contract. He should be on the. He's going to be on the opening day roster. And Ian Kennedy is only. I would. I'm. I'm not even going to say two seasons. A season like a half a season because he only played. You know, twenty twenty doesn't really count. Ian Kennedy had 30 saves in just just as recent as 2019 now he is what 36 years old i get that but he's on a team that should probably try to get the most out of him in terms of value and to get the most out of Ian Kennedy could be to show that he's still able able and capable of, of getting saves so 14 percent rostered a guy that if you're chasing saves a really good fallback option and somebody you should just consider not nothing more than that like we know this best days are behind him but Ian Kennedy he's done it recently that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> not, not very sexy, but Zach, you can go ahead now. Yeah, I, I like the Kennedy call. Yeah, it gets the job done. He's been productive recently. Um, for more of the starting pitchers, two guys that I really like here. I don't know if I'm allowed to name two guys. I'm kind of just gonna you're, you're gonna do it anyway. I'm you gonna do care. it. <laughs> you just named two guys, so screw you. Um, one of the guys that I really like. I mean, we were talking about the Cleveland situation before, but the Tampa Bay situation. Even though we don't know if we're going to get openers out of them, but they know how to develop pitchers very well. Michael Waka has been pitching very good this break. He pitched three scores. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist just because I hate you. But uh, yeah, actually, uh, a, a former Met, but he's no longer a Met. But he's looking great in spring right now. Three scoreless innings on Tuesday. Uh, he's pitched very well this entire spring. He's got a .75 ERA in twelve innings pitched. Um, yeah, I, I guess we just don't know how the Rays are going to utilize him. I think he was used as an opener, uh, as a uh, after an opener, excuse me, on Tuesday. That's important. Um, so maybe if you're in quality starts leagues, that's something to, to watch for. He might not be getting those as much, um, but he could be in line for, for plenty of wins if that's the case, if that's the role that they decide to use him in. But um, if that's the case, I mean, he could gain starting pitcher and RP eligibility, which is good for points leagues. But I really like uh, Michael Waka on that team. They they signed him to a guaranteed deal pretty quickly in the offseason. It just seems like Tampa Bay was able to kind of figure something out with him. And he's, he's looked great in spring. So that's somebody I, I'm expecting to kind of roll over into the regular season with their success. So somebody to keep an eye on. He's only 2% owned in Yahoo right now. So if you're looking for a, a pitcher to stream, in uh in deep leagues keep an eye on waka i couldn't help it even though even if i didn't agree even if i agreed with you wholly i, w- <laughs> I would have given you that trombone sound because i just mm-hmm. like to 
give you a hard time. But who's the other mm-hmm. pitcher? Come on, you said you had two. Uh, so the other one we we're talking about the Cleveland situation. The other one is is Logan Allen, who won the uh, the, the starting job. I guess you can call it the fifth starter job. I think Cal Quantrill was moved to the pen, um, and McKenzie and Logan Allen made the rotation. But Logan Allen is another one. He just uh, looks like he's going to have a having a career resurgence here um, with Cleveland. And he's had a, a solid spring training as well. Uh, 0.64 ERA in 14 innings. Uh, he's striking out over 11 batters per nine innings. He's looking really strong right now. And it's another possibility that maybe they use him as a piggyback option as well uh, behind an opener. So we got to keep an eye on these guys. But if they do end up going deep into the games, and maybe that's just for the first time or two, through the through the rotation maybe just to ease them into their pitch counts but maybe eventually you guys will see these guys as more traditional starting pitchers which would be nice for for quality start type leagues but yeah logan allen and michael walker they're both uh logan allen is three percent owned in yahoo Waka's two percent so really deeply guys and I, I don't expect their ownership to remain like that for very long i could see these guys boosting up after a start or two so keep an eye on those two guys if you're looking for for some streaming options in week one george this with a name or two. Uh, yeah, so I have uh, Logan Webb at 13% uh, roster percentage on Yahoo. Uh, I, last, I was He was a guy that we both liked going into last year, and it just didn't pan out. Uh, the control wasn't there. He was walking everybody, but uh, really looked very much improved over the spring. Uh, 0.53 ERA over 17 innings, 22 strikeouts to only two walks. Love to see that. Uh, Logan Webb had a really, really good spring. Uh, and you look at the the early schedule, um, and it, it looks great. He might actually be someone that you can stream, um, even in you know shallow leagues, like even twelve team leagues. He starts off at Seattle, and then uh, home against the Rockies, who you are going to want to stream pitching against the Rockies on the road outside of Coors. You're you're going to want to stream anybody, anyone and everyone against the Rockies on the road. So um, he gets the Mariners, the Rockies, and then at home again against the Reds. So really nice. Uh, actually, no, he, he actually goes to Miami. So still, I mean, you know, favorable schedule to start the year. So Logan Webb, I really like uh, picking him up early on. Gotcha. I know you have one more, don't you? Uh, Dalton Jeffries was another guy who also had a really, really nice spring. Another guy who I was very interested in going into 2020 injury kind of derailed that. Uh, but yeah, only 4% rostered on Yahoo. Uh, really showed up this spring, 1.50 ERA, um, 18 innings, 24 strikeouts to only six walks. So Jeffries and Webb, I think, are two guys that really stood out to me over the spring um, as guys who really rose their stock. And uh, I don't think Jeffries has been confirmed as the fifth starter yet, but, I mean, the guy did everything he possibly could to earn it. So, yeah, keep an eye on, on Dalton Jeffries for sure. Dalton Jeffries is a guy I really like as well. And there's a couple names here I'm just going to throw them out there. Uh, just some guys I like to throw. Uh, one guy that's a little more roster than the rest of the names here, Kike Hernandez. He, as simple as that, he's going to be leading off for the Red Sox, at least in the early part of the season. Nothing special, but played appearances at bats, outfield, dual position eligibility. I believe it's second base in the outfield. Another guy with second base in outfield eligibility is Adam Frazier, um, leading off for the Pirates. Not sexy, but it's, again, at bats, opportunity, playing time. It's all there for him, deeper formats. And, and another guy, Logan Gilbert, should probably be up in about a month. I think we've heard rumors of Logan Gilbert getting the call sooner than later from the Mariners, which, again, prospect pedigree, four-pitch mix, and a great home ballpark. So Logan Gilbert's a guy. And then the last guy, 0% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. I went deep. A guy that I'm just getting everywhere, and I even picked him up in TGFBI, is uh, Ronald Guzman. He's... He just wants to play baseball for the first time. Apparently, he felt he's like he even came out and said like he hasn't really wanted to play in the past. He came in with something to prove, and in spring he kind of came to play. I thought he was going to push Nate Lowe out of a job until they pretty much made room for both of them. Guzman's a guy who could lose his job if he doesn't show the performance actually sticking into the regular season. But three home runs this spring with a stolen base while batting three hundred eight four thirteen with an OPS of one point zero zero three. Essentially. He's he, he's showing out. He outperformed Nate Lowe. Like I said, I thought Guzman was going to take that spot from him. Instead, without Willie Calhoun, without Chris Davis, Guzman's getting a chance to play every day. So I really think Guzman's a guy to keep an eye on. If 
getting some cheap power. And again, that one stone base, it's only one. But the Rangers run, period. So I think he can be in line for five or so stone bases, and you're getting that off your waiver wire. So Ronald Guzman's a guy to keep him. Again, this is deeper formats because he's 0% rostered in Yahoo. Obviously, you have to be in deeper formats to want Ronald Guzman, but he's a guy that I'm just in on, and I don't know why. <laughs> he's like that He's like that one guy. It's like he's like an obscure ad really early in the year. But, hey, sometimes those guys hit. So it's just a guy, again, pro money watch list. Can't hurt. He sucks. You take him off your watch list. It's not like you can't. It's like unlimited things. You can put unlimited people on your watch list, right? That's how it works. <laughs> but I think it's going to do it. There's a lot of names here. Did Zach, did you have any more to add? No. I wasn't sure. Okay, cool. That was, that was pretty got, much it. Oh, I forgot to mention Akil Badu. Uh, for the Detroit Tigers, another guy, shallower, uh, come, deeper league format. Again? Akil Badu. <laughs> is, he's the outfielder for the uh, – he's a rule five guy that they got. He's He's been crushing, crushing it in the spring. The issue is, is there's just like a squeeze for playing time there with the, with the Tigers right now. I know it's weird to say, but they have Robbie Grossman. They have Noir Mazzara. They have Victor Reyes. Like they have players that can play the outfield already, leaving Badu kind of – on the outside looking in, they also have Jacoby Jones. Like it's again, it's it's crowded. That's all. Just something to monitor. But yeah, that's that's definitely gonna do it then. All right, so I, we gave a bunch of names uh, to run through them. I wrote down most of them: Michael Walker, Colton Wong, Logan Allen from Zach, George. You say Kikuche, Kikuche. You say Kikuche. You say Kikuche. Tariq Scooball, Logan Webb, and wait, wait, wait. The last one. I forgot who's last one. Dalton Jeffries. Dalton Jeffries. I forgot to write him down. I gave like 15 names. Mize, Chisholm, Badu, uh, Ian Kennedy, Kike Hernandez, Adam Frazier, Logan Gilbert, Ronald Guzman. Um, yeah, that's everybody. We appreciate you listening as always. Don't forget, you can follow us all on Twitter. George is at Roto underscore Nino. Zach is at Braff Z. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. Five-star rating review on your way out is greatly appreciated. Just hit the five stars and leave. We're good with that. We appreciate that. But thank you all for listening. Opening day is tomorrow. That is fantastic. We can't thank you enough for supporting us through all this off-season stuff. Stick around for the in-season stuff. We will just continue to bring, hopefully, quality content, what I consider quality content. But as always, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.